great to have you here at Abundant Life Church. What a great day to be together and to lift up Jesus. Wasn't that a powerful time of worship together? That was amazing. And we entered in together. That's the beauty of it, being in church and lifting up Jesus Christ. Well, we are in football season. How many of you love football? How many of you love football? That's great. I love football too. I watched a little few college games yesterday and you know, we're in the NFL season as well, and I, I love it. I love watching it, uh, but also, I, you know, as a husband, I, I love my wife as well, and so I hope you understand that when I say this, that I love football, but I also love my wife, that I'm not talking about the same kind of love. How many of you are with me, all right? Don't go quiet on me now, right? But uh, men, if this, let's just say this. If you love your wife the same as you love football, there's going to be a problem if there hasn't been already, right? That's very true. It's a different kind of love that we reserve for our wives. We understand through Scripture that it says that Christ laid down his life for his bride, the church. He laid aside his deity so that she might have a relationship with him. And the groom serves the bride, the bride serves the groom. It's a two-way street. It's not just one way on that. But if you've got your Bibles, I want us to go to Ephesians chapter 5 today. If you'll go there, and I want to read a passage of Scripture starting in verse 22. As we look at God's Word, we see that many times you'll read or you'll hear this Scripture verse read at a wedding maybe in marriage counsel or in relationships. Yet I believe something deeper is going on here, not just in the natural, but in the supernatural. It's connection that's regarding the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And starting in verse 22, it says, Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless, In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds it. He takes care of it just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave father and mother and will be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. And then here we go in verse 32. This is a profound mystery, but... I'm talking about Christ and the what? Church. He says, this is a profound mystery, but why I'm talking about here is Christ and the church. I want to just take a few moments today, and hopefully you're taking notes. Research shows that 98% of people who take notes make it to heaven. So I think it's important that you take notes today. Are you with me? Are you taking notes? I hope you are as we're going through God's word today. I want to give you some thoughts about the bride, the bride. Uh, one of these is, as we look at this, is I want you to know as, as we look at God's word today, I'm one of these 
kinds of people that grew up not around the church, but honestly in the church. Okay, I mean, I was in church like seven days a week, and that's not an exaggeration. In fact, my first slow dance was to our God is an awesome God who reigns. That was my first slow dance. No, some of you are like thinking I'm serious. No, I'm not. I'm just kidding you, okay? I'm a second-generation Pentecostal preacher, and I was thinking as I look back over the years of growing up in a pastor's home that like seven days a week I was in church. And Sunday, like today, was the, the Lord's day, so we found ourselves in God's house. And I don't know what your tradition was or your custom, but we would start off by going to Sunday school. Remember the flannel graph in Sunday school teacher? How many of you remember your Sunday school teacher? You know, maybe you were one. Thank you for doing that. The flannel graph, who would ever forget that? You know, that's amazing. And then we would gather then into big church and where we'd go sit on the pew with our entire family. And, and now, let me tell you something, we were real Christians, so we would then go to lunch and then we would come back for Sunday night service. I don't know how many of you remember Sunday night service, right? You'd come back for that and it was an amazing time. I mean, you really knew if you were a real Christian, you'd come back on Sunday night and it was just amazing because on Sunday night, it's kind of like a... It's kind of like that one of those nights where, man, you know those that were serious for the Lord were there, and it was kind of like a Holy Ghost car wash. You'd be laying hands on and anointing you with oil and all this stuff that some of you are like, I don't even know what you're talking about. you got to check it out sometime. But, but uh, well, we don't do it here, but, I mean, you know, I'll just check it out. But I was thinking how much I've spent in the church growing up, and I was thinking, man, this amazing. Mondays, you know, would go to the church, and then Tuesdays I'd be with, be with my mom before I even went to school um, for Women's Aglow. I'd be there. She met with other women. I'd play with other kids that were there. And, and then Tuesday, Wednesday was mid-service, week service. I'd be there. And then Thursday was like youth choir, and Friday was normally an outreach, sometimes Saturday, and then back to Sunday again. I don't know. Is anybody here love church? How many of you love church? You just love being at church. That's a great thing. There's nothing wrong with that. And I want to say what I've learned about being in church is that if you're not careful, you can get lost and caught up in doing church that you forget to be the church, right? That can very easily happen. Maybe you're here today and you're going, what is this whole thing called church? Well, I want to let you know God thought this thing up called church. And so this word that's used in the New Testament is the word ecclesia for the word church. And it really, yeah, talks about in general terms an assembly of people that inside of Scripture it says church is not a place, but church is a people. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It's, we get wrapped up many times that it's a place, but really as you look through Scripture, church is about a people of God that are serving the Lord together, that we're on a journey. And so I just want you to understand that. We, you and I are called to be the church as we gather and we get ready to leave in a little while. You say, well, what's the purpose of church? Well, I just want to break this down really quick. You talk about church, the capital C, has really always been threefold. The first thing is it's ministry under God that we gather and we're here to minister unto God today. We're gathering, we praise, we bless his name. That's why we open up our services here at Abundant Life Church with praise and worship. And let me tell you something, that's not a concert for you and I, but rather that's a concert and after an audience of one as we lift up the name of Jesus. How many of you are with me? 
that we lift him up. We're worshiping our God. How many of you know that when we praise our God, we bless our God, things change in our hearts and our lives? How many of you know that to be true? Are you with me today? Can I hear an amen? amen. Come on. And so the psalmist says this, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. And he's on to something here. He was talking about the idea that I want to magnify. I want to magnify. I want to bless the name of God because as I magnify the name of Jesus, his presence gets bigger and grows bigger in my life and your life. I want to ask you today, what are you magnifying? The problem or are you magnifying the answer? The answer is his name is Jesus Christ. And I hope today as you came in here and as you worship the Lord that you didn't magnify your problem and your struggle more than you magnified God and who he is. That as we come, we lift up his name. But it's not just ministry to God. Number two, it's ministry to believers. And I love this because when we come to church, what I'm doing right now is preaching. Preaching means proclaim its proclamation. This is being done all over the world today as we proclaim the truth of God. The Bible talks about there's power in our preaching. The Bible says the cross, it's foolishness to those that are perishing, but to us that are being saved, it is the power of God. That's what I love about God, his word, is we get to proclaim it. But there's another great thing that's happening as we're together that every person in this room is on a different faith journey. People are on the same, you know, faith journey here today, but we're all on a faith journey. It's not the same levels or whatever, but, but even though we're on a different journey, God is so big that he can intimately speak to you and to me no matter where we are at on our leg of the journey. As I preach, God is speaking to you. How many of you know that to be true? And God is speaking to you even as I'm preaching. Thirdly, it's not just ministry, and it's not just ministry to believers. It's ministry to the world. That you and I, as we gather here, we're supposed to scatter for the rest of the week, and we're supposed to be the church at work. If you never knew that, that's what we're supposed to do. When we say amen in about 30 minutes from now, when I say amen, this church is going to scatter all throughout the Shenandoah Valley, and we're going to go do the work of the Lord because we're to be about his business. Amen? And so that's the instruction that God's word gives. And I love that, that we see the idea Jesus is giving for us that we get to be a progressive and aggressive church that we are literally rescuing people from hell. Amen? That's a great thing. That's a great fact that you and I get to go after. We get to rescue people with his help from those that would potentially perish in hell. That's exciting. I don't know about you. That should excite our hearts. Amen? I just wonder if you can give the Lord a great big hand clap of praise for that which he has given to us. And it's assignment. Amen? It's an assignment. Here it is, and if you take taking notes, as a church, whatever we avoid, the devil will invade. So whatever we're avoiding, what God tells us to go do, if we're avoiding that, I will tell you most assuredly, the devil will invade. If we don't go take the territory and we don't go do, the devil will for surely come in and invade that area in people's lives, in people's hearts. When the church is not the church in the community, the devil will invade those places in our community. That's why it's so important that we go forth boldly in his name unashamedly in his name because if you and I don't fill the space, the devil will. And we need to know that. That's in our personal lives as well. If you're avoiding something, 
that God's called you to go do, the devil will invade it if he hasn't already. We shouldn't be afraid. We don't have to be ashamed, but we should be bold and step out into the night with the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. As you study God's word, you see so many word pictures for this word ecclesia, the church. There's a lot of different metaphors, and I can't go into all of them today, but Romans 12, 5 says, even though we are many individuals, Christ makes us one body and individuals who are connected to each other. Connected. Can you say that word connected? Connected. That church is not an event you attend, it's a family you belong to. And I hope today by through just preaching the word of the Lord, because it is already anointed that I just get to get up here and preach the word of the Lord, that it would dispel some myths that we've been brought up with. Because let me tell you, there's a lot of people that come from a lot of different churches that are here. Some that have had no church background. Some that have come from mainline denomination, non-denominational, whatever it may be. But I hope through God's word that we can set this straight on really what the church is. It's not an event you attend. It's a family that you really belong to. This is, this is a spiritual family that you come and you are a part of. It's a relationship you're connected with. It's, a, it's not a group. It's, 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 it's an event. It's not an event, sorry. It's, it's a group you belong to. Sorry. We are connected. We are connected to each other. And the word in your, your version may say belong. The word connected and the word belong are the same word. Those are the same words. Your scripture may say something a little different, but connected and belong. Paul will use the metaphor of this throughout the body of Christ. He says the body of Christ, the body of Christ, that every one of us in this room have a function. He's saying bring all your diversity for the sole purpose of love. Bring all of your diverse backgrounds, no matter what church you came from, denomination or no denomination or no church at all, no matter your color, whatever it may be, no matter where you live, no matter your socioeconomic status. He said, bring all that diversity and bring it as one so that there will be the sole purpose of love that would take place. That as we serve, we become the body of Christ. And he talks about that we're the building of Christ. You and I we, we're living stones being laid upon one another to form a home for God. And if you're part of the body, you're connected, right? Right? How many of you are with me? If you're part of the body, that's why it's so important that he's using a resemblance here of something we already understand, our physical bodies. The body is connected. And so you're, it's more than attached. You're connected and you're doing what he says you do in the body of Christ. Yet one of the most peculiar metaphors as we look in the Bible that I found interesting is we are called the bride of Christ. Can you say that with me? The bride of Christ. Have you ever wondered why we're called the bride of Christ? Why is the church called the bride? And uh, I want to let you know that this past January, Chris and I celebrated, just went through 24 years of marriage to the same woman now getting ready to go on to 25 in January. God has blessed me with an awesome gift. Amen. I'm thankful for that. That my wife is my partner and that she's everything to me and we've been doing a lot of ministry together throughout the years. A lot of ministry. I, I think it would be crazy if you ever came up to me and said, hey, John, I love you. Hey, John, I'm for you. Hey, John, I've got your back. But i got to be honest with you, I don't really like Kristen very much. I am not going to be okay with that. I'm just going to let you know. 
I am not okay with that statement because you can't love me and not like my wife. Yet how many Christians have I met that I say, I love Jesus, but I don't like the church? Hey, church is boring. Church is full of hypocrites. I've heard them just like you. See, I think if we stop and we reflect a little bit more on what we're saying and understand who we are as the bride, we would never say these things. Because if we're the bride of Christ, there's no way that I'd say, I love Jesus, but I don't like the church. That's like saying, I love you, Jesus, but I don't like your bride. I don't want anything to do with your bride. Come on. I know you don't have to go to church to be qualified as a believer, as a Christian, but come on, if you love Jesus and you're a Christian, why wouldn't you want to go to church? Many people want to date the bride of Christ rather than fully understand what it means to be married. They want to go from church to church to church. They hop like bunnies. They go around the city. They find out where the next best place is to go. You know, they're hopping around. They never commit to any place, which as a pastor, of course, it's my passion. So you're going to hear my passion. Is that I look at God's word, the same word we're looking at today. And when he comes and he talks about the church that we're a part of, he uses a word, planted. There, there is no misunderstanding planted, but many people, they're not planted. They pick up, they rip their, their shallow root system out. They go with that, oh, well, that's not good. I really don't like it. It's not the place that I should be. I'm going to pick up again, and I'm going to move over here. And, I'm, and then they never grow root systems down deep. They never become planted, so God's word says you can't flourish. But we hop around, you know, there are a lot of great churches in this area, for sure. We're on the same team. In fact, I've had conversations with pastors in this area. We trade members all the time. Like this one, I'll give you two of my members for a future draft choice. Please take them. I mean, really, I mean, you know. Come on, right? Church is boring. I've heard that. Don't ever say that because you're talking about you and me. Remember, it's not about a location. It's about the believers that are scattered about doing the work of the Lord. The church is full of hypocrites. Are you just now figuring this out? (laughs) Revelation. Some people get tripped up at these things all the time. I mean, yes, you are correct. Church is full of hypocrites Because the church is full of people, and people tend to say one thing and do another. That's why we come to church, though, that we are all in need of a Savior. Anybody thankful that you serve a God who's not a hypocrite, but you serve a God who came and saved you and has always lived out what he says? I just wonder if anybody's thankful for that today. Yes, amen. It's true. Paul, the apostle Paul says, why do I do the things I don't want to do and I don't do the things that I want to do? What's he saying? He's saying, I'm a hypocrite, but I need a savior. Now, we don't come to church to be reminded of our weaknesses. We come to church to be reminded of our strength, that our God's not a hypocrite. My God provides me grace, just like he provides you grace, to run out the race that he's called us to run. I want to try to answer in a few moments this real quick, the benefits, three reasons why I believe you and I are called the bride of Christ and the benefits of those as we connect 
at Abundant Life Church. The benefits of being connected. The first reason Paul, as he's writing, this is what he says. He says, husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church. I think that if you look at this, that you come out with this word that is very clear from this text. It is the word intimacy. Can you say that word with me? Intimacy. Intimacy. I believe really the first reason that we're called the bride is because God wants intimacy with you and me. Out of all the other things, this is what's most important. We're likened to the bride of Christ. I don't, I don't, it's pretty intimate if you ask me. It's a very intimate relationship that God is desiring from you and from me in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you're maybe here today and going, wow, dude, that's really weird. I'm new and you're talking about intimacy and the body of Christ and Jesus. But hey, it's really important to know as you look at this, this is a metaphor talking about something that has resemblance upon this earth that you and I could potentially understand because we really can't fully understand the mind of God, but he's trying to have us understand on this earth what is the relationship that the Father in heaven wants to have with us as the church. And so he brings this up about the bride in the groom to help us some way, some way, somehow connect the dots to how we are to live in this relationship with the Father. That he's wanting to show us some level of intimacy. That's what he wants from us. What if God is saying, I want to know you in a different way? What if God is inviting you to know him in a different way, an intimate way, in a way that's full of trust? And you like this this idea of intimacy, if you're, if you're on our mobile app, you'll see into me see. See the real me. How many of you know that we're growing up, or maybe some of you are still doing that, how many of you know that we date the projected self? We tend to marry the actual self. When people are dating, they put on the best, best version of themselves. You know, like, hey, how you doing? Yeah, you know, I love you so much. Oh, my goodness. You love blue? I love blue. Oh, blue's my favorite color. Oh, my goodness. I love pizza with olives. You love pizza with olives? Oh, awesome. We're going to get along, you know. And then it comes, we have all done this before growing up, being on the phone. You're like, good night. Good night, baby. Shut up. No, you shut up, baby. No, good. You hang up. No, you hang up first. No, no, really? On the count of one, two, three. You still there? Yeah, I'm still there, right? We all have done that, right? You date the projected self, then one day you wake up and you go, who's that? Because the actual self shows up. What God is saying to us is that I'm not interested in the projected you. I love the real you. I want to know the real you. I don't mean the church version of you. I'm into the real you. I want intimacy. I believe that God calls us his bride because he wants to know us in an intimate way. Husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church. Paul will continue to say that Christ gave himself up for her that we might be holy and blameless blemish-free, wrinkle-free, that we would be a pure bride. See, I think the first reason we're, we're called to this is because of intimacy. The second reason is protection. Can you say protection? Protection. I believe that God is saying that the church is protected by our Father. Protected by our Father. Now, please understand as we go through this. You know, 
some of the things you'll see out in our foyer today as we start off our fall connect groups is you will see that there are leaders that are out there that are ready to lead a small group. They're, they're ready to lead whether we, it's an interest group or whether it's a life group that happens, and we've been talking about this, and you continue to hear us talk about this, that we believe at Abundant Life Church that we weren't meant to go through life disconnected. You weren't meant, and I, weren't, I wasn't meant to go through life without stability. You and I need other people. Why? Because we need stability. We need support. We need strength in our spiritual growth. And until we get connected to a church family, you and I won't understand who the real pillar and the foundation is that we really need in our heart. And today's a wonderful day because it's an exciting day as you get to meet a small group leader. Some of you are saying, I've never been a part of one. Today's an awesome day. Maybe you've been a part of one before and you can be a part of one today. You can go back there right as we uh, end our service. You can talk to the leaders. You can hear their heart. You can sign up for their small group that are having. There's amazing small group leaders. And why is that so important? Well, because it's a place of intimacy and it's a place of protection that we realize that we can't live life on our own and by ourselves and seek to thrive and to grow in this spiritual walk just on our own. That we realize in this time together, we can't take Q&As, but there's a great opportunity. You may have questions about your faith. Small groups are a wonderful place to be able to bring your questions into and talk and be with your group. Maybe you need prayer. We can't pray for everybody today. But in your small group, as it's broken down, they can pray for you. They can agree with you. They can pastor you in that intimate setting and also provide accountability and protection that you and I need to thrive and grow in this day and age that we live. So, so we want you to be connected. Connect and belong. It's one of our words in our mission statement, that we connect and that we would belong. That's what God's purpose is. As you read the text, we come across a very controversial statement. Wives, submit to your husbands. Now notice this, it, it does not say women submit to men, and it doesn't say women submit to all husbands, but rather it says women, woman, submit, submit to your husband. I see a lot of women, they get upset at this sometimes, you know. If you read the next part of the scripture, it says, husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church. And I don't know who got the shorter end of the deal, but here it is, women, you have to submit to your husbands, but guess what? I have to die for you. Girls have to submit. Guys have to die. Either we both have a responsibility here, and the question is, ladies, can you be a girl, a lady who's worth dying for, and men, can you be a man who's worth submitting to? You see, Paul is writing. He's saying Christ loved the church so much that he died for the church. This is amazing language. Amazing. I hope it never gets old in your spirit and your heart that he died for us. This is how God loves us. God has so many different times stepped in the gap in your life and mine. Stepped in the gap. 
when we least expected it, when we didn't even deserve it, that he stepped into the gap of our life and he filled the void that was needed. That, that, that's when you, you come to church and you don't have to wait for somebody to pump you up. You don't have to wait for the worship team to play your favorite song. You ought to come into God's house lifting up holy hands and start worshiping God because you know God has showed up many times and stood in the gap for you. Amen? Can I hear an amen today? I just wonder... You're just not waiting for your song to be played. Oh, if the worship team would just sing that song, my life will be so much better. And you're not waiting to be pumped up, but you come and you're, I gave this kind of picture, I was thinking about this this morning before preaching this. Man, I wonder if we had people just get out of their cars here at Abundant Life Church and they just begin to raise their hands immediately and they walk into the church. You think that sounds kind of crazy, but we're ready it's the illustration of saying, hey, the Bible says men ought to lift up, men and women ought to lift up holy hands, amen? In unity and purpose, that's, that's, that's called for in Scripture amongst the many ways that we can worship the Lord, but that when we come, we are ready to worship the Lord. This is good theology because right smack in the middle of Ephesians 5, Paul gives the gospel. How do I know that God will protect you? Because he already did it. 2,000 years ago, Jesus came, he walked on this earth, he died a sinner's death. In fact, he died your death and my death on a cruel cross. And he took the punishment upon himself. He took the curse of sin, and when he died, guess what? His life, all of a sudden, protected you and me. That you and I, then as we come in and we find him as our Lord and Savior, that we are called spotless and blameless in the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. Not because what we have done, but because of what Jesus has already accomplished. You and I are a spotless, blemish-free bride. It's called grace, that he protected us. Maybe you're here today and saying, wow, that sounds wrong. But if you looked at this, this is why it's called the scandal of the gospel, that God stepped into humanity and died for you and died for me. Have you ever been maybe just hanging out in a room, people are coming in, all of a sudden a couple walks in, as the couple walks in, you see, you see the, the girl, you see the lady, and she's beautiful and gorgeous, but then the guy on her arm is kind of like, mm, uh, how did that happen? <laughs> Come on, you know you've done it, so did I. <laughs> you kind of look and go, okay, okay. Oh, you must have some money, bro. I don't even know you, but you gotta have, <laughs> you got to have a lot of money. You must roll deep, brother. But what? But, Dude's got some money. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're going to go with, right? You, you're looking at it, and it's like, wow, and it causes attention because so many of you know she's way out of his league, and you look at it and going, wow, that's a bit peculiar. That's strange. How did he, how did he get her? How many of you know that when the, when the world looks upon the church, they see us with all these problems, with all the issues, with all of our weaknesses, but as they look upon us, they see our Savior, and they say, how on earth did that guy pick them? See, you can't forget where you came from. That right there just wipes out the arrogance that we think we have. Or we have a monopoly on something. We have to come to realize that that's called grace. The scandal of the gospel. He chose me. He's way out of my league, but he chose me. He protected me. 
And today I'm blemish-free and I'm wrinkle-free. I'm spotless, not because of what I've done, but because of what Jesus has done. He chose me. He's out of my league, but he chose me. And I think the first reason we talked about is intimacy. Second, protection. The third reason we're called the bride is for the rights that we have in Jesus. Can you say the word rights? Or you might say authority. That we are one with Jesus. When I met Kristen, Kristen, her name was Kristen Bowers, her maiden name. When I married her, she became Kristen Miller. Now as the bride, she gets the authority to use my name. That's not arrogance. That's a decision of mutual yielding. When, when, let, me, let me just share with you, because I know we have people that are single. Maybe you're single again that are here. And let me just encourage you. Make sure when you marry somebody, they double your effectiveness and not divide it in Christ. There are a lot of people that are marrying people that are dividing your efforts. God has a call on you to do greatness. And a lot of people have chosen somebody that would defy. That doesn't mean they're evil. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's not the right person for you. Are they on the journey after Jesus Christ just like you are? They might not be on the same part, but are they on the, the journey? And I want to let you know that that can be a real beautiful thing when you have two believers going after God, and as they go after him, your effectiveness is doubled for the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't go after someone, young person in this room, somebody that's single again, that divides your calling. Go after somebody that doubles it. John chapter 15, verse 5, Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you stay connected to me and I'm connected to you, you will bear much fruit apart from me. You can do what? Nothing. Connected, you bear fruit. Disconnected, you can do nothing. Nothing. What's he saying? Connections empower us. They're life-giving. The, the power flows through connections. You know this is true in every area of your life. A disconnected toaster has no warmth. It has no heat. DVD player, you can't even watch a movie if it's disconnected. Disconnected computer, you can't even get on the internet. If one little wire in your couple of thousand pound car, it depends on the wire that is off, can bring that vehicle to a complete halt. One wire. One little disconnect can keep your car from moving forward. And the same is true in your life, in your spiritual life. If you're disconnected, you're disconnected from God, you're disconnected from the body. Remember, the body, the body, individuals making up the whole. He said, you lose your warmth, you lose your power, you lose your direction and your ability to move forward. What have we as the bride submitted to for the groom. What are we yielding? Are you and I continuing to go after how we used to do church, that church is just an event? And scripture goes on and on with the New Testament and keeps talking about this, that the only way to have true power is to be connected. The only way for you and I to have fruit is to be connected because there's life in the vine. I mean, you can't circumvent that. I'm sorry. And it's not my word, it's his. 
John 15, 4, it says, a branch cannot produce any fruit by itself. It has to stay attached to the vine. In the same way, you cannot produce fruit unless you live in me. Produce. Produce. Our life's impact will largely be determined by the connections you make. And the greatest, the most important ones are those you make in the church. I'm a real big believer in this. Huge. Oh, there's, it can happen outside. But I, I think if we look at this and say, well, this is the family God's called me to be in. This is my church. Then I'm more than just here on Sunday morning. I'm connected some way, somehow throughout the week. I know we live busy lives, but it's time we stop saying how busy we are with worldly events, church. Come on. When you and I both know that God blows through all the smoke and the mirrors of that in a moment. I love you. That's why I'm talking to you like this today. Some people say, John, I, I'm going to work it out with God privately. It's just between him and me. That's all my life. I mean, that's all I'm called. The only problem with that is that's not God's plan. His word could not be any clearer. We go to God for forgiveness and we go to God's people for healing. James 5.16. Because when we come and we put our trust in the Lord, we come and we get the authority of the kingdom. We get the rights Today, you and I are the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. Aren't you thankful for his righteousness? That there is protection. That there is accountability. You know, a number of years ago, um, Joe Jackson, former NFL player, he came and spoke years ago, and he met me, and then later on he met Kristen that day, and, and then I took him to lunch, and after meeting Kristen, he said, let me tell you something about your wife, Kristen. He said, brother, you all kicked your coverage with her. I said, yes, I did. She is way out of my league. That God has been a blessing to us. We, we got to be reminded. That she, yes, our wives are an amazing gift. And men, we outkicked our coverage for sure. But it should remind us of how thankful that we are to the Lord Jesus Christ, that he accepted us and we got his grace and his mercy, things we didn't even deserve. I just pray that we would not forget these things. They're so foundational to God's word that you and I have rights today, the Abundant Life Church. Let's, let's not get lost in doing church. Let's declare and decide in our spirit that we're going to be the church that God has called us to be. Come on, you're making decisions all, time, all every day. You woke up today because of your value system. You valued church enough to get out of bed, bring those kids. They may have been screaming, whatever it may be, or your husband who was screaming all the way to church. And it is, you, you still came. Your value system drove your action, right? Tomorrow morning, if you're going to go and you're going to make money and you're going to be able to support your home, you're going to set the alarm, you're going to get up, and you're going to go. Why? Well, you have a value system. I pray that God would continue to show us where our values are at in the church as he's speaking to us today at where we are at. That church is not an event. It's a family that you belong to.
And there are a lot of wonderful connections in this church, but there's some of you here today, you're not connected at all. Some of you have been here for years and you're not connected. Today, you can put an end to that and say, you know what? I'm going to step up and I'm going to do this. I'm going to talk. I'm going to hang around long enough to talk and build relationship with people. I'm going to go to the table. I'm going to find relationship with other people that are on a faith journey so that we can help each other grow. Amen.